0: you want to sing. Welcome to Woman Unplugged, a podcast of encouragement for today. Let's talk about the everyday matters of life, womanhood, motherhood, marriage, friendship, and more. We're all new to this thing called life. We've never done it before. Tune in to this podcast and be encouraged, inspired, restored, Find new joy and purpose as you grow into the woman you are called to be. Let's go! Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Woman Unplugged. Thank you for tuning in today. We are living in crazy times. We are on lockdown, hashtag social distancing, hashtag isolation, living in quarantine due to COVID-19, trying to flatten that curve and figure out where to find toilet paper and spring water. Crazy times, very unusual times for most of us. And while some of us might have gotten used to this flow, others might appreciate it. And yet others might be going crazy, just trying to figure out what is happening. Forced to homeschool if we like it or not. Stuck at home. And I want to talk about a few different topics that go along with quarantine over the next few weeks. And today I'd like to start by talking about marriage in Quarantine, And for that reason, I brought a very special guest with me, slash I invited him into the bedroom, (laughs) hopefully to talk about exactly that topic. Welcome T.L. Elliott, (laughs) Mr. Terrace Elliott, who happens to also be, well, yeah, my husband. That's why he's in my bedroom, just to clarify.
1: He's my wife.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I thought that would be just the perfect person to invite, right? If we're going to talk about marriage, who better than... The one and only who has to put up with my crazy face all day, every day. And now, thanks to this quarantine, even more. So, welcome, Mr. Elliot.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank
0: you. (laughs) Thank you for... um... Hello,
1: people of the world.
0: (laughs) Thank you for agreeing to hang out with me. We are here and... uh... Buenos tardes. Yes, and we are here to... (laughs) Hey. Okay, so here you can already see a very real and raw situation of goofiness and interruptions and um, getting on each other's nerves. But no, all kidding aside, I just felt like it would be fun to talk about some of these really real unplugged conversations that some of us may, may or may not want to talk about that might be a little more uncomfortable to hopefully make you laugh, encourage you, inspire you, and maybe help you navigate through your married, married life in quarantine. We're sitting here with our coffees, um, and we're just going to keep it very simple and low key and just share a little bit and let you basically listen in on our conversation and hopefully it blesses you. Um, but before we get started as usual, remember to give us a like, leave a review, share this with your friends. That's how you can get the word out, how you can support. Um, and hopefully we can bless a lot of people. So let's dive right in. Terrace, you are married.
1: Yes, I am.
0: So you fit that qualification of this subject. You are also in quarantine. I am. So you also fit that, that um, criteria of our topic today, marriage and quarantine. What is the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear that title?
1: Married and in quarantine? Yep. I don't know. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I guess I'm married and at home.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah. How has your experience been so far? Is it any different than what married life was for you before all this started?
1: Well, there's a lot of difference. um, But uh, how it feels is, as you know, I'm a low-key workaholic. Um, So for me to be at home and have so much time on my hands is very difficult. Stressful a little bit.
0: What part of it is stressful? Because I know you have a lot of hobbies and things that you'd like to put time in, but what makes it stressful?
1: Well, I like it when I, you know, have a plan and I uh, know what I'm going to do for a day. And uh, when I'm supposed to be at work at seven and I don't come home till seven thirty, eight o'clock, that kind of takes up a huge chunk of my day and uh, kind of my energy, my mind energy. Uh, I know what I'm going to do for a day. Okay. And uh, now that I don't have work at seven and I have all day, kind of gives me a moment to think about how much time and what I'm going to do with it.
0: Okay. I know we're, we're blessed because we still are able to work in spite of uh, the COVID-19 crisis. I know there's families that can't. And so they're probably living and experiencing a whole other level of being stuck at home with each other. We still have that advantage um, of, you know, having somewhat of a routine, but thankfully you've been able to be home for a while yep. and for a few days and, and, and just experience more of that. Have you found that to, to be any different? Did you bring any differences when it comes to to your marriage, to your married life?
1: The quarantine. Yeah,
0: or just being at home more due to this whole situation.
1: Yeah, it makes a huge difference. You know, we were having that conversation yesterday night or last night about um, relationship and yeah. building a new relationship now that we're seeing all sides of us. Yeah. Um, so it's given us an opportunity to build that. You know, we have the time now. Now that I'm home yeah. for four days, three days straight, and I'm home at night. Now we have the time to, you know, kind of connect on that level. Mm -hmm. You know, we've only been married for two years. And um, in those two years, you know, I've been working, working, working hard to support us and get our family to where we wanted to go. Mm -hmm. And uh, there hasn't been much time where we can spend together, Mm -hmm. you know, just you and I
0: hmm. I, th- I think that's really interesting and a very valid point, because while we have moments here and there, even before this whole crisis um, and lockdown, if you will, we have been trying to make it a point um, to, you know, go on a date once in a while, once a month to, you know, have someone watch the girls and go do something. But as you know, I've mentioned this to you separately before, how that one and a half, two hours doesn't really do that much. Like it feels rushed because we got to get back because, you know, we got to relieve the sitter or because... Well, we only have so much time and it's nice and it's a little bit of a of a breeze of fresh air, but there's only so much you can do in those two hours to actually bond. And at the end of the day, oftentimes we would either go watch a movie or go eat something. So there's a lot of distraction, right? The movie that you're watching, the people that you're watching in a restaurant, right? The mm. the, the food you're focused on. Yeah. And yeah. I've noticed personally these past few days, how I feel like we're bonding in a in a deeper way. And I want to, and let me say this, let me clarify this. I feel like the word bonding could sound so romantic, right? right oh, bonding. Yeah. What I <clears> what <throat> I what I mean by bonding is actually growing closer, including the growing pains.
1: Yeah, I for think sure. a
0: lot of times people want to have that growth and they want to have the bond and they want to be married to their BFF, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's how it should be in the ideal world. But we just said this last night. True friendships have the fights. They yeah. have the issues. You know, how close are you really to someone who you never have had a real and raw? unplugged conversation with yeah and so I feel like we've been and I'll say this straightforward this is this is a a safe place and this is a place I want to really be unplugged and real with we've had you know some issues some of my ugly has come out in these last few days you know um, where I can be insecure jealous or controlling and I'll try to find things to nitpick and a lot of times out of my own insecurities or my own anxiety feeling maybe stir crazy because I'm home all the time or feeling restless or feeling unrested because I didn't practice self-care and now I'm looking for things in you and nitpicking
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: you know and then getting under your skin with how I'm behaving yeah but every time that we've overcome those arguments or that we've reconciled I feel like we're actually growing
1: yeah yeah and I mean I like I was saying before I don't think you know going with the flow of how it was before the coronavirus I don't think we would have stopped, like actively stopped, or I wouldn't have. Um, I wouldn't have actively stopped and felt okay enough to take some time from work and focus on building relationship with you and myself. But it's been very important that we have spent this time together because we're able to talk about these things now. And I'm not going anywhere So I'm here all day and we have to interact with each other a lot more face to face. And it's been good. I mean, we've had some some definitely rough spots, you know, with my anger (laughs) and frustration and irritating one another. But having the conversations we've had and building mercy for one another has been great. And I'm glad, you know, I'm able to be home Mm. because of the coronavirus. It's almost a God thing, Mm. you know, being forced to... Slow down and take a Sabbath, and that's been really difficult, but definitely a a blessing Mm -hmm. in disguise.
0: I kind of want to touch a little bit more on what I had just said a second ago about bonding and growth being romanticized, but we often don't want to go through the pain that's involved. We Mm -hmm. want the we want the results, we want the fruit, but we want to don't don't want to do the labor.
1: Yeah. And mm-hmm. you
0: said something really cool um, last night when we were hanging out just to, for, as a, as a, a back story for our listeners. We were out in the, the driveway, just had some simple foldable chairs out there mm-hmm. and some true sweet treats, each our dessert of, of choice.
1: King of the hill style.
0: <laughs> yeah. And we were just <laughs> sitting out there uh, watching the stars. And straight up, this wasn't some planned romantic little date where we were gazing at the stars and talking about the meaning of the universe. This was us having a really real conversation And yes, we did end up talking about the universe just a little bit, but but it was... was Universe
1: and aliens and how vast the world was and the universe, how 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 long and if it ends at all. And how
0: it proves the existence of God and all those things. But it was real because we also had uncomfortable conversations. It wasn't a fight. It wasn't an argument. But you said some things to me that were helpful, that were uncomfortable to a degree because I had to be honest with myself Mm -hmm. and some of the... The facades that I've put up in my life, and some of the the things that I've that I've done, or the things that I've operated from, like you know, where I've operated from a place of, uh, of focusing on how I appear, or trying to be what I think others need of me, versus being my authentic self. Mm-hmm. And while those are uncomfortable things, when pain comes up, when mm-hmm. when hurt comes up. Or, or, or you know, that little child inside, the wounded child, as some call it, you know, those things come out. It's uncomfortable, but it's so important. Oh, yeah. And that's not one of those romantic, let's gaze at the stars together type of situation. But it ended up being that, if that right. makes sense. Yeah. And I think a lot of times people miss out on the deeper stuff because they're mm-hmm. not willing to dig deep enough. They're not willing mm-hmm. to have that uncomfortable conversation yeah. or to to overcome the pride and say, I'm sorry, how I spoke to you. I'm feeling angry because of ABCD, right. but I'm sorry. Or, Hey, when you do this and this and that, it really bugs me. And the other person having the humility to listen, yeah. just all that uncomfortable, ugh, you know, digging so that you can, in the end, have the nice stargazing experience, if you will. I think yeah. a lot of times we just want to go straight to the stargazing, but it's all really shallow. And it's like what we said. It's like fake deepness. People that say things to sound deep,
1: mm-hmm. but Pulling it's not really. Their, uh, but encyclopedia of deep oh, things to that. say. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> or the encyclopedia of deep things to say. Yeah, exactly. And it's yeah. like because, because we have these expectations on what marriage should be, what a date should look like, mm-hmm. what I want to feel, what I want you to feel about me. We feel and left anxious or disappointed because my expectations weren't met. Right. But again, because okay. we didn't do the hard work of mm-hmm. digging.
1: Yeah, or or on my part, for me, it's been uh, not not looking at the reality and trying to hold on to ideals and dealing with, you know, looking at the reality of relationship, yeah, um, of marriage. And for me, it's it's been not accepting the reality that I have. Anger issues, and it comes out when we're interacting with each other. Mm-hmm. And so the quarantine is really helping me uh, be with you. I think being together with other people mm-hmm. is quite hard sometimes, especially in the days that we live in. You know, we're not just being; we're we're so active, we're engaging the phones. Internet, games, you name it, books even um, instead of, you know, sitting back and being and uh, being in quarantine is really allowed me to to kind of unpack um, that anger issue I have. So, yeah, that's one of the things we were talking about last night, too. So that's, you know, something I've been dealing with during this quarantine, mm-hmm. you know, being in anger and mm-hmm. and trying to deal with that and where it comes from.
0: And I want to I want to apl- applaud you if you will or give you kudos because I do see how you're trying and I have seen growth even just in the last couple of days mm-hmm. where when you could have responded more defensively you were calm and you were loving and funny enough if I was angry or upset your calm response or your self-controlled and humble reaction towards me made it much easier for me to also let something go kind of mm-hmm. just like earlier when I was feeling a type of way and I told you how I was feeling, and you didn't say anything to get defensive, it didn't turn into an argument, you just listened, and then we went our ways. And within a few seconds, I was able just to let that go because I had felt heard by you. And mm. I think a lot of times... In marriage, that's what we want. Especially women. Sometimes they don't want it to be fixed by the men. They don't want to have all the answers from someone. They just want to listen. They have this desire for connection and to be understood. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I think that's human. I don't think that's just what women want. But sometimes I think that's where men and women talk past each other. Mm Because the guy is trying to fix it. The girl is trying to be understood. Or vice versa. Mm -hmm. The girl's trying to figure out what she needs to do or say. And the guy just wants to be heard and respected. In what he is feeling.
1: Yeah, And I think that's that's something to look more into because what god's been revealing to me um during this time of uh, sabbath is that it's not just about the anger it's like why are you getting angry and when it comes down to it a lot of us are feeling attacked and we put up defenses and that defense is anger to to shield off someone from hurting us and throwing darts mm-hmm. and it hurts is scary. So whether that's because somebody is misunderstanding you, mm-hmm. you feel like they're accusing you or they're being merciless and pointing the finger and you don't want to feel guilty. Uh, you get angry. And so earlier when you were talking to me, I recognized how I was feeling. I was being aware of the anger mm-hmm. and where it was coming from. And, uh, I can't remember this uh, author's name, Chimma, Chima, something. She has an audiobook about anger. And the big thing was for her is having the courage to not be angry mm. and to um, really deal with how you're feeling and, and be honest with your heart um, and have courage not to put up your defenses. And uh, that's kind of what I was trying to understand while you were sharing like your frustrations and so even as you walked away I was still a little upset because I felt like you were pointing the finger but uh I'm glad I didn't say anything because what could have been bad fight that draw was drawn out because of uh, me trying to protect myself Mm -hmm. I was just trying to listen to you and Mm -hmm. you felt understood and listened to and Mm -hmm. you walked away and then Mm -hmm. All was said and done. And it wasn't anything as big as it was or could have been.
0: And it really helped me to overcome my frustration or the the anger I was feeling because I felt understood. Knowing that I wasn't now being accused for feeling. And this is where I feel like personality types come into play where the the Enneagram, for example, which again, I know is just a tool. I want to clarify that even on this podcast because I do talk about it quite a bit. But it's a tool. It's not infallible. What I believe is the changing power is Jesus, is the gospel but the Enneagram is a tool, right? And that has been, for example, one of those tools that have helped me to get to know myself better, to get to know you better. And I feel like that's where personality comes into play, learning you, learning myself, and then understanding each other, because you have a different history. You have a different story. The things that motivate and drive you or the triggers that might, you know, bring back memories or the things Mm -hmm. that might cause you hurt and frustration or cause you to bring your walls up are different than mine, right? For example, my personality type or even my upbringing has put me in a place where a lot of times I feel guilty for any quote-unquote negative feelings that I have. And I'm saying quote-unquote negative because there is no such thing as a negative feeling. It's what you do with it. Mm. Anger is not a bad feeling the bible says in your anger do not sin it doesn't mm-hmm. say do not be angry jesus got angry and it was justified anger it was righteous anger mm-hmm. i think the the why changes it right yeah. why am i angry why am i hurt why am i insecure and what we do with it yeah if i'm feeling hurt about something what is my response my reaction going to be and that determines if i'm now making a mistake or sinning
1: for sure yeah because anger in order to protect somebody like your child and, right and you know, right, fighting someone else that right. is trying to harm your child, I'd say it's
0: right. perfectly anger. fine. Or to stand up for for injustices. Right.
1: And the real question is, why am I getting angry? Exactly. You got to ask yourself, do I have to be angry? Right. What do I feel like I need to protect? What yeah. am I trying to prevent? That's really good thoughts.
0: You said something good about being present, that that helped you when you were present to what you were feeling and asked yourself those questions. And I think a lot of times we do not do that we do go on autopilot where we're just reacting to things right and Mm -hmm. hurt and anger and jealousy and insecurities instead of assessing where is this coming from why am I feeling like this and sometimes at least for me it could be as simple as my ego my pride was hurt other times it could be deeper a trigger from my childhood or from something else that has happened in the past or fears of the future and so you showing me kindness and just listening to me helped me feel understood and helped me feel like it was okay that I felt this way Mm -hmm. Uh, as long Mm -hmm. as I wasn't coming at you in a mean way and and in this case thank God I wasn't there plenty of other times I failed and I've come at you in a really ugly way this time huh come at me bro this time I I feel like I was calmer I hope right Mm -hmm. I mean I said it fairly calm and your response made me feel understood and listened to and that in turn heals me and teaches me Rosalie it is okay to feel these ways just depends on what you do with it yeah in the same way you feeling frustrated or angry is totally fine you feeling annoyed or angry because you feel like i'm putting pointing a finger at you or harping on the subject for too long is valid and you said being courageous enough Mm -hmm. that's that really stands out to me because uncomfortable feelings are exactly that they're uncomfortable yeah to be courageous enough Mm
1: -hmm.
0: to deal with
1: it yeah and to not be
0: and to not be angry, to not be um, yeah. jealous, anxious, or, you know, mm-hmm. even for our listeners, insert whatever is that the, the, the main thing that you feel like is that constant issue. Because yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if for many marriages, it is a reoccurring topic. For some, it might be one thing. For others, it might be another. I've read that, you know, the biggest reasons for divorce a lot of times are either finances or sex and how true this is, I don't know. It can be many different things, but I would argue there is often a theme, right. patterns, yeah. And that's where people need to get to know themselves, too. Each mm-hmm. other, but also mm-hmm. themselves.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I go as, as far to say that it's not really, when you get down to it, it's not about the money and it's not about sex. It's about something emotional that the two individuals haven't mastered. That okay. they're they're not meeting with courage and dealing with it in a way that they're not looking for the other person to fix these issues in themselves. They're looking to themselves and saying... What am I doing wrong and how can I make this better?
0: That's what Um, it should be,
1: you're saying. Right, yeah, yeah. Without the other person having any hand in it. Mm. For example, when I get angry and Mm -hmm. it's in frustration with you, I'm thinking, why am I so angry? Mm -hmm. And how do I let it go to myself? On the outside, I'm showing that anger towards you. Yeah, people got to be courageous enough to confront themselves. Not have such a strong grip on their opinions and kind of kind of open themselves up.
0: I like um, that a lot, Terrence.
1: To themselves, but also to the other person. Kind of consider what the other individual is saying don't be afraid to. You considering and kind of letting go of a strong grip on yours and being more open to hear other people's opinions is not saying that you're wrong and the other person is right. But when you do let those strong opinions go, not that you have to give up the opinion, but stop holding on so tight to it. You might uh, experience something that helps you change. But if you keep holding on, not consider another individual, you're just going to continue to go through that cycle.
0: Mm, That's really good, Terrace. We were talking a little bit last night about the importance of friendship. What are your thoughts on friendship in marriage? How important is it?
1: I think it's of utmost importance. And by that, I mean like when you think about your best friends, the people you genuinely love and you want the best for them and it's nothing sexual in it. Those relationships are amazing. I have my friend from church, Mm -hmm. you know, that we um, talk often. I haven't talked to him in a minute, but from the first time we met, it was like, yo, we're supposed to be friends. Mm -hmm. You have to love the individual you're with. And I'm not talking about fairy tale love. I'm talking about kindness, gentleness, wanting to forgive, having mercy towards them, being appreciative of them, respecting them and admiring them, just genuinely loving this individual. Um, if you don't have that for your spouse, there's something wrong. That doesn't mean that you have to divorce them, but that means you have to practice friendship. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to practice being kind to that individual. You have to practice having mercy towards that person. Mm-hmm. Um, You have to practice having long. You have to long suffer with them. You know, when they hurt you, long suffer through that. Mm-hmm. Know that you still love them and give them room to make mistakes. And so you only find that in Not just friendship, but the overarching, that's under the umbrella of relationship. You have to have relationship. And that is all under love. That's the umbrella. Kindness, forbearance, long suffering. You know, you just have to have forgiveness and mercy. And if you don't have all that for your spouse, then it's bound to go down the wrong road. Mm -hmm. You might as well be sleeping on the roof and the other person sleeping on the the bed because y'all don't have a relationship. That's really And so good. it's important to have friendship in marriage.
0: Yeah. Anything that is an issue before marriage isn't going to go away once right. you're married. It's just going to get amplified. Right. And I think a lot of times people base a relationship on the sex or on the butterflies or on the fairy tale and a ton of expectations. And then day to day kicks in and it's not that fairy tale no more. Mm-hmm. And so then you find people that are either empty or that have a shallow relationship. And I think we live in these times where that even goes for a lot of friendships. Where you have a lot of people who are quote-unquote Facebook friends, mm-hmm. but they've never either had an argument, so there's no substance to yes. their relationship, mm-hmm. or if they do get in a fight, they're like, done. And it's like, you know what, I don't need this. Cut it off. They cut it off and like, that I, I'm a do That statement
1: me. annoys me to my core. I hate <laughs> it so much. I hear people say that all the time, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just going to cut them off. They do it so
0: quickly, but too. But it's,
1: it's just like, dang, Y'all didn't have any kind of bond. Like it never, yeah. was, love never existed in that relationship. If you can so easily. If you can just cut somebody exactly. off. Exactly. You know, anger, okay, cool. If, and you're hurt and pain, cool. But to really just cut somebody off, you know, that's a very uh, self-centered individual. You know. Was a
0: very drive through mentality. I feel like we want everything, mm-hmm. and we want it now, right? I want right, the meal, yeah. I want it now, and I want it to cost two dollars, please. Mm-hmm. Yet I'm expecting it to taste like a thirty dollars steak meal. Right,
1: and if it doesn't taste like a thirty dollars steak, I meal, throw it out the window. I'm gonna send it back.
0: Yeah, and I'm gonna complain. <laughs> but it's like, dude, you paid two dollars towards this, and you picked it up in the drive through. What did you expect it mm-hmm. was gonna taste like? Yeah, and in the same sense, relationships. Right, we're like. I want you to meet all my needs, fix all my issues, don't upset me, and I'm going to cut you off, ghost you, whatever the words are, you know, butterfly, flashlight, I don't even know, ghost, zombie, you, <laughs> whatever, uh-huh. you know. um, And get rid of this person. People are very quick to make an assessment about another person, cut them off, and feel frustration because they didn't get what they wanted out of the friendship when they didn't put enough in
1: mm-hmm. and they
0: didn't invest enough. And so I feel like a lot of times in marriage, it could be similar Yeah. if we're not willing to do the hard work. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. It's hard and it's holy. Yeah. That's what we were told. Marriage is not just about making you happy. It's about making you holy. Right. And I can tell you for a fact that I, I feel like God's using you to really refine me. I don't
1: think marriage is about falling in love. I don't think it's about making the other individual happy. I don't think that's what it's about at all. I think God uses marriage to make us look more like him and complete and whole. Not that the other person is completing us or making us whole, but God is using that person as a tool to make you complete and whole. That's so good. And that's only going to happen through a bunch of rubbing and refining. When people can understand that marriage was supposed to be difficult. It was supposed to be a confrontation. In order to get you to look more like God, it was supposed to point out the unrefined parts of you. It was supposed to point out the imperfections about you. And when you can accept that and use marriage as God meant it to be, as a tool to look more like him, then you do have kindness and forbearance for that other individual because you know what God is doing through them. And so you start using the tool That God gave you in the first place.
0: And I want that type of love. You know, I want to be able to look at you and see beyond what you can do for me. Mm -hmm. Because I know those times when I feel love towards you because you're looking fine or because you said something cute or because you did something for me and you're making me feel a certain way and you're meeting some type of need in me. Mm -hmm. But I love most those times when I feel a love growing towards another human because of who they are. Mm -hmm. I look into your eyes and I'm loving the person you are.
1: Mm -hmm. really
0: looking at you loving you for you not what you can do for me right that's really something that requires a breakthrough really to dig beyond the uncomfortable and the uncomfortable feelings we awaken in one another to get deeper and to to serve any death is painful you know what i mean it's uncomfortable because it's unfamiliar we are stepping into the unknown and in a way to me Marriage is like that, you know? We have expectations only to realize, wait, I had no clue what I'm doing, Mm -hmm. but I'm stepping into something really amazing if I only, and again, I feel like this is the key word for today, had the courage
1: to Mm -hmm. step in
0: and to dare to love you and to dare to hold you higher than myself. For me, this is huge because I have this fear of abandonment, this fear of rejection, and you've never given me any reason for it. You have loved me, you do love me, but I brought this in, right? Either through things that I've done in the past, things that have been done to me. And so there's this core fear, right? Having the courage to, to be in marriage and to, to jump in. Yeah. In spite of my insecurities and my fear. And if I love you for you and I am here to serve you mm-hmm. and to find ways to esteem you higher than myself, which is mm-hmm. what the Bible teaches us to do. I am jumping in and putting my heart on the line, trusting God. Now, does this mean that, you know, people should let their spouse do whatever with them? No, Mm -hmm. I'm not condoning abuse. But what I mean is that my anxiety, my fear of abandonment becomes less, the less that I'm focused on what you can do for me. And if you're gonna be faithful to me, and if you're gonna love me and meet all my needs. And now I'm more focused on how can I jump in and love you? The key word today in our conversation seems to be courage. And I feel like when it comes to marriage, we are jumping in faith. Because you never know what's going to happen, right? We cannot put all of our hope in a person. We're human. Mm -hmm. But instead, I want to learn to trust the God in you. Mm -hmm. To trust what God can do in you. And you are a man of honor. You are a man of integrity. You're wonderful. But I'm trusting what God is doing in you as you're walking with him. And you're trusting what he's doing in me as I'm walking with him. So, another question that I have for you is... One that a lot of people get uncomfortable with, probably. But again, this is Woman Unplugged. So we're going to pull the plug if you want to have some real and raw conversations. Sex.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What are your thoughts on sexuality in marriage?
1: Um, first of all, I don't think there's anything spiritual about sex. Let me start by saying that. I know you disagree. <laughs> but, you know, for me and myself, I think it's, it's just a physical need that man... And women need, you know what I'm saying? Um, Preach. (laughs) So that's why I'll start. Um, But I say no relationship that seeks to be a marital relationship should start with sex.
0: Meaning the foundation?
1: Yeah. Meaning before we have sex, we have to become one. You know, we have to have A foundation of relationship have a foundation of knowing have um, a foundation of love kindness um, peace having long suffering from for one another because when you don't have that and you skip to just the physical things that becomes the rock of your relationship that becomes the way you relate to one another sexually that's how you relate to one another without those other things and. Even still in that, if you don't have those other things, that will feel lacking. That won't fulfill you. And, and that's what people are looking for it to do for them is to fill this void of this need that they have. And they're trying to get that from the other individual via sex, but it's not going to come mm-hmm. um, be- <laughs> because... Pun intended
0: or no pun intended? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Good um because it's not spiritual Mm -hmm. it's not a spiritual thing you may feel like it's spiritual because you feel at that moment that is filling that hole that needed to be filled but soon after it's over reality is going to hit that's true and you're going to look for that to fulfill you again that's true And the demands and the burdens just becomes all mechanical and rudimentary. And it's not used for, you know, the culminating of your relationship. If you're having sex and you haven't started anything with that individual, sex cannot be a culmination of that. It's not going to be the finish and end to that relationship. You know what I'm saying? People say all the time, like... That the end of the wedding day is sex. But if you don't have the wedding, you don't have the the vows being made to one another and you go straight to, to sex, you have nothing to stand on. You don't have any vows to stand on. So in the same way, it's like in marriage, if you're not fulfilling the vows that you made to one another and you just focus on sex, you're missing out on a whole lot of other things.
0: I think that's really good. And I'd like to to point out the reason why I've said in the past that I do feel like sex can be spiritual is because I believe we're holistic beings, body, mind, and spirit. And obviously it's not just our bodies involved. I'm still a psyche. I'm still involved in my, with my emotions and with my spirit. And therefore in the past, I felt like It is also spiritual in that sense, not in the sense that it's supposed to be this supernatural experience all the time. I think that that sets a lot of people up to fail when they expect sex to be this magical ride, literally and metaphorically speaking. And then they're disappointed because they didn't get some emotional high. So I'm not, I just want to clarify, I'm not saying sex is spiritual in that sense. I only mean because we're spirit beings. Our spirits and our psyches are involved. Mm -hmm. We're all one holistic being becoming one with the other. But I do think that you're right, because I think a lot of times we have expectations for sex to be this magical, glorious wonder ride. And we are looking for it to feel emotional holds and spiritual needs. And then we're left empty because it didn't, Mm -hmm. because that foundation wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And we thought that sex could do what only God can, or sex could do what a friendship right needs to do
1: yeah is that mm-hmm. what you're saying oh yeah for sure i think you said that very well i like well, that thank you. it it can't do what god can or what real relationship
0: can mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and real bonding and knowing mm-hmm. another person can.
0: i agree with that so it cannot be the
1: foundation and in the sense that you're speaking of uh spiritual then sex is no more spiritual than, you know, eating. True, valid point. You know what I'm saying? Because that whole, the whole Mm -hmm. of that individual is eating.
0: I really agree with you on that. And at the end of the day, all those things should be an act of worship and to glorify God. Mm -hmm. That's why gluttony is wrong. Mm -hmm. Because then food is becoming my idol and I'm overeating, right? Or or looking to food for comfort. Mm -hmm. In the same way, if sex becomes my idol and I'm looking for that to fill me or I'm worshiping that or anything. I mean, even people, none of it should be... Besides God. He said, have no other gods beside me. Right. And so in that sense, I think <clears throat> that these things are tools. God has given them to us yeah. to enjoy good food, enjoy sex, enjoy nature.
1: Procreation. Procreation.
0: But none of these things are God. He has created them. And right, we yeah. can use them to glorify him. And they can mm-hmm. still be a form of worship. right? But the way I love you in every area of our marriage. I believe, I uh-huh. believe so. No, I'm not no, saying I'm that saying... sex is worship. I'm not saying. Yeah, I don't se- know. I, what don't I, mean, like,
1: I don't like mixing those things God didn't even like mixing those things and that's in my opinion is why he didn't have men and women in the church doing the same things he wanted to separate any kind of possible sexual things that are happening in the church that's because it was being to, perverted to use, by the tribes around to use to use as if it was to worship god you know you don't go to the altar and have sex no and worship of course god. no that's
0: what the other you know nations were so doing and it was you, an abomination just
1: like food you can say thank you god yeah you know, but that's what i mean food. but
0: that's what i mean i'm not talking about a form of worship the way that they did because you're right He even wanted his people to not do these things and to be separate in order for them to stand out as his people mm-hmm. because the other nations were doing those things. The right. other nations were having sex with prostitutes in the temple thinking that that is worship towards their or, idols or, and gods. Or, a priest, the, the or priests,
1: priests. Or you the know, priests. They were priests in this temple and their purpose was to have sex with people that came in there right. in honor of their God.
0: And that was an abomination and, and God said to his God people... Was like,
1: no, that's not acceptable.
0: Exactly. So, no, no, I want to clarify. I'm not talking about that type of worship. What right, I mean right. is it's still being something that glorifies God. Mm-hmm. That's why he also says don't defile the marriage bed. I feel like if I'm loving you, even outside of the bedroom, as a human, I'm dying to myself and esteeming you higher than myself. Mm -hmm. I'm humbling myself when I'm angry. I'm trusting you when I rather would be insecure. I am loving you, forgiving you when you've wronged me or vice versa. You are having the courage not to be angry when it would be validated or justified. Like we're making all these efforts in our day-to-day Body, mind, and spirit to love one another. I feel like the bedroom is then just the icing on the cake, the cherry on the cake. Mm-hmm. But I can still glorify God with that. Mm-hmm. By a husband and a wife becoming one and enjoying what God created. It can still glorify God because he gave you to me. He gave me to you and he created sex. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful thing. Right. And I don't believe it's just for procreation. I think procreation.
1: it glorifies God when you do it in the right way. That's
0: what I mean. That's, that's exactly like what I mean. That's when you're exactly doing
1: what I mean. it the way he made it. That's right. You know, Missionary.
0: I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. But no, I think you're right. I think, And that's, that's what I mean though. When we are loving one another. Body, mind, and spirit. I mean, there's no point in thinking, I'm going to honor our marriage and honor God if the only thing that's good about us is the intimacy. But Mm -hmm. there's no emotional intimacy. There's no respect. There's no long suffering. Mm -hmm. It starts long before the bedroom
1: Mm -hmm.
0: where the the honoring God and the, the worship comes into play. As we're closing off this podcast episode, and thank you for your time, by the way, today, what would your encouragement be to our listeners, regardless if they're married or single, when it comes to marriage, marriage in quarantine right now, but generally marriage and living marriage courageously.
1: Mm -hmm. I would say just make sure your relationship with God is right. I think God speaks so much to us and we're not hearing him. And this is a, a, a time as it teaches us the Bible when God isn't speaking and giving visions as often as he did back then. And he calls out to us and we don't recognize his call. We don't recognize his teaching us and giving us the wisdom. And uh, our ears aren't open. Our eyes aren't seeing. So be aware when God is speaking to you. Not in the moment when you're angry, he does that. Not in the moment when you're jealous, he does that. But I'm talking about every moment. God is literally speaking to us all the time. And if you listen to him and you heed him and you listen to that wisdom and you take him in, I I don't see any reason why he wouldn't lead you through any issue that you're having in your marriage. So I encourage Everyone to just have an open ear to God have, it, have your eyes open for God to, to just to have relationship with him and I think that's so important and it's so sweet and uh, it's like balm you know to our hearts. having a relationship with God, you know this is apart from having marriage. this is something you need for all things in life. if you have that relationship with God, I believe that he's going to guide you. Through all of your marital issues.
0: Man, whoever's married to you is a blessed and lucky woman. <laughs> oh, wait, that's me. <laughs> praise um, be
1: to God. Praise be to God.
0: <laughs> I'm really honored I get to be your wife, Terrence. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on this episode Thank with me today. Thank you for
1: inviting me. I was excited.
0: Thank you for being my husband and for yeah. walking through this thing called marriage and Thank life. Thank you for with being
1: me. an amazing person and forgive me. I love for, you. For uh, my rough spots.
0: Forgive me for yeah. mine you're a blessing. I think that we all learned, even as we just spoke and shared today, we learned and we hope you dear listeners could enjoy this episode. Hope it brought you some laughter. I'd hope it um, encouraged you and be courageous, be of courage, right? Mm-hmm. Face marriage courage. courageously in quarantine. and even without. Thank you so much for tuning in, friends, and for being part of this episode. We hope you had a blessed time. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review, like it, share it, pass it along to your friends. It really helps, and we appreciate all the support. Have a blessed day, and stay safe. Take care.
1: Shalom.